What's going on everyone? Welcome back to another week and another episode of Unscripted, where we bring you professionals from all walks of life. We touch on their backstory, their mindset, and how they navigate through adversity and opposition. I'm your host, Akeem Haynes. Now before I introduce this week's special guest, do us a huge favor. Head over to Apple Podcasts or Apple iTunes or Charitable.com and leave a review and rating of the show. This small act goes a long way in moving the podcast forward. I thank you for those who have taken the time to do so. We appreciate it, and it truly means a lot. This week on the show, I'm joined by Olympian and one of Jamaica's fastest men, Julian Fort, joins me on the show. Julian is on that prestigious list of sprinters who were able to run sub-10 in the 100 meters and sub-20 in the 200 meters. I first saw Julian in 2014 at the World Relays uh, in the Bahamas when he ran third leg for that Jamaican team that won that year. You know, a remarkable talent with high expectations has done really well for himself throughout the years. In this episode, we get into a lot of things. We spend the first bit of the conversation just touching on his performance at the recent Olympic Games Not the physical side, but the mental whirlwind that he found himself in post-games and leading up to it. We always see athletes at their best, never really able to let their guard down. But in this episode, Julian explains the ups and downs leading up to the games and what he felt during that time and how he's motivated more than ever to get back to where he believes he is. We touch on why leaving Jamaica to train after high school was never a consideration. We talk about why it's important to have good people in your life and so much more. If you've been following Julian's career over the years, you'll get a better understanding in this episode of his mindset and his approach to everyday life. So rather than me telling the tale, enjoy this week's episode with Julian Fort. Yo, what's going on, man? What's going on with you, man? You had uh, you had training today? No, actually, I was supposed to, but um, I wasn't feeling too well, so yeah, I, I, I had some gym work. Mm. Uh, it's it's a little um, so I have a a kind of strain in my rib, so I went to the doctor today, and you know, got all that sorted out, so. Jeez, man, you have an adversity already before the season even starts, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like that sometimes, but um, you just deal with it. The more you, the more you do it, it's the more you learn how to deal with it. So, Juno, I appreciate the time, man. I appreciate you coming on. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, yeah, man, no problem. Bunch of bunch of things I want to get into real quickly, man. Um, but I want to start off by saying, you know, part of the reason why I started this show was to tell the other side of the people that people don't get to see, right? A lot of people may see you on the track. They may see you doing your thing for years, but they don't know what it takes to show up consistently on that level every single day, right? They think it's easy. But yeah. I actually want to go back to 2020 before we even talk about this recent year and what happened, man, because 2020, the pandemic changed a lot of things for every person in their day-to-day activities, But as an athlete, especially in the sport of track and field, the Olympics was delayed. In the height of the pandemic, Julian, 
what was your initial thoughts when the games got canceled? But mentally and physically, how did you stay motivated to train? Where could you train? How did you handle isolation? Tell me how you navigated through those times, man. So, so first of all, um, thanks for having me. Um, and so it, when I first heard that the games, first of all, there was like, you know, rumors leading up to the cancellation of the games. Um, people weren't sure. They were saying they were pushing for it. You know, some people were pushing back against it. So they weren't sure. But um, when it got confirmed that the Olympics, you know, got postponed, I was I was upset because <laughs> I was in great shape. I was in I was in good shape. I was running well. Um, I was in better shape, I think, than I was this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's actually it's actually just you, you don't know unless you know. And the, the the shape that you're in this year doesn't necessarily carry forward into the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so. When I when I when I got cancelled, I was like, "Yo, damn, I'm in great shape, and I wish it was this year." But, um, you know, I'll be able to carry you know carry the same kind of motivation forward going into next year. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I'll, I'll make it work. But um, in terms of like having somewhere to train, we had somewhere to train. It was a little tricky how we had to work it out. So we had to cut down the group to a very small number of people and train at different times of the day to be able to get our, and we had to do like all of our work, but like at one time. Mm-hmm. So we had to do track work, gym work, and any other thing in between, like oh, at, all at once. <laughs> yeah. So um, our day, and there were like curfews, like heavy. So we had to finish up our day, I think before like, Six two o'clock. o'clock. Oh, geez. I think it, I, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly what time it was because there were different times um, at that time, and it was um, it was kind of challenging. But in the, I'm not like I'm, I'm fine being by myself. Um, yeah. I enjoy my own company, so like I, I was able to deal with that aspect of it. But um, the longer it's you know stretched on, certain things became you know kind of a burden. Going to the supermarket was a burden because everybody's going to the supermarket like basically at the same time because there's such a you know a small window, small window of time yeah. that you have to do your shopping. So um those kind of things kind of you know took a toll, but it wasn't um it wasn't like overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um hold on, let me let my dog go to this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, it wasn't overwhelming, so I kind of, you know, dealt with it. And um, But it's really not much different down here right now. Um, there's still a curfew now, um, and there are days, like on Sunday, it's what we, have, what we call a no-movement day, so can't you can't do anything on Sunday. Only, own, can't do anything. So, so it's like only like essential workers and stuff are allowed to be out and and um, that kind of thing on a Sunday. So it's really kind of still happening out here. So not much has really changed since um, the pandemic started. Julian, sometimes we get into certain years and usually a few months into training and the rhythm and the flow of things, 
we start to say, you know what, we feel good. This might be a good year, you know, but it can also work on the other hand. And you can say, okay, this is going to be a year where I'm going to really have to dig deep, right? Leading up to the 2020 trials all over again, right? That whole year, when you restarted and got to find out that the games was finally about to be a goal, how would you say training was going at that time? right? Were you fully healthy going into it? Did you feel confident again? Did you have doubts that, yo, what if you get canceled again? Am I wasting my time? Leading up to that time, how was training going? Training was okay. Um, I, it didn't feel much different from the, the previous year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was okay. And, um, but, you know, you can't, the difference wasn't great between you know what I was doing last year, the type of shape that I was in last year and the type that I was in, you know, this past season. Um so I I couldn't really tell that, you know, this would be a better year or a worse year than um than uh 2020, 2019, 2020 year. Uh, so I I wasn't and I was I was trying to, you know, stay positive about, you know, the Olympics happening. So I was training towards it. So if it got cancelled, then it got cancelled. But yeah. You know, I I didn't want to put, you know, you know, that kind of thought in, into my head that, you know, it might not happen because then I wouldn't be giving it my all in training. And that doesn't make sense. So um I just I just training with the mindset that, yo, this is happening and if it doesn't, then it doesn't. But I have to I have to keep in mind that it is, you know, it is going to happen. You got the trials, you're running the one, running the two. You know, obviously Olympics is how people talk about in that year, but there's a high pressure situation at trials alone because trials determines if you make the team. Um, you had some injuries going into it from what I understand, and it may not have went exactly the way how you wanted to. What was going through your head even getting to there, right? Because this is the Jamaican team is one of the hardest teams to make, especially in the sprints. You know what I'm saying? So what was going through your head at that time? Because you know the saying, pressure makes diamonds, but also pressure can expose you for everything that you didn't prepare for. How do you handle pressure, Julian? Because you got pressure before you even get to the to the, to the championships at the Olympics. What was going through your head during that time? All right, so, um, you know, I had a few injuries, you know, come up, you know, along the way, you know, leading up to, to the championships, to, well, to the national championships. And, um, I was really just trying to, you know, work at, you know, getting to the best shape that I could get to before the trials. And I thought I, I was in good shape at the trials. Um, I don't think I performed. I, I don't think I was in the best shape, but I think I was in good shape. And I, um, I don't, even though I don't think I performed as well as I should have, um, I think I was in good shape. Uh, the The real problem started when um i got hurt in the 200 finals mm-hmm. so i got hurt in the 200 finals um then it was a hamstring strain but you know it's only that at the time of our trials it's only four weeks to the olympics <laughs> it's, it's 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 really four weeks to my event so it was really it, that was really the the tough part i've seen like as as seeing a physiotherapist every single day, um, as doing some work in the pool, you know, trying to keep my fitness up, and 
I was doing rehabilitation, everything to try to get, you know, get back to the point where I was at as quickly as possible. Now, I got to a point where I was, you know, paying free um, right before the Olympics, but I wasn't fit, especially for the 200. Mm. So I wasn't fit enough to, because I was fast enough at at the time, but I wasn't fit enough to, you know, run a full 200 meters. And for anybody who knows, 200 meter fitness is something different. Mm. Um, So it's not like a 100 where, you know, you can get away with not being, not having as much speed endurance. If you're fast enough, you might be able to, you know, get away with that a little. 200 is going to expose all of that if you don't have it. So the time that I took, I took about, it took like two and a half weeks to really get to um, a point where I could train pain-free with the hamstring injury. So that took up a whole, like a whole lot of my time. And I had basically like two weeks that which included traveling to to Tokyo to get fit or to get like race fit. and I didn't get to do any races after the Trump championships. So that, that kind of hurt me as well. Um, but I got to the championship. I showed up. I didn't realize that I wasn't in the shape that I needed to be until the race itself. So, so when you, when, when I ran in the race, it was kind of, uh, it was kind of surprising to me because I didn't expect to run like, 21 six feeling the way how I felt. Yeah. This is coming from running like like basically jogging 22 at the championships in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um easy. Like easy. Right? That's fine. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, yo, this this is crazy. But then I think back and I'm like, yo, you really never had any time. And you're really not fit. And um, I changed camps right after. So I changed training camps right after um, national championships. Wow. So I left the MVP. So, so that's also something that I had to, you know, adapt to the you know, different style of um, training and type of training and everything. So um, there are different factors, you know, that played a role in um, my performance at the Olympics. So, I mean, but it's, it's, it, it doesn't really make it any easier to, you know, to deal with. But um, I could look back on it and say, okay, you know, this this is why this happened. Or, you know, kind of put things into perspective. You know, Julian, I'm 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 glad you said that because I wanted to give the base building up to my next question because you know I saw an article that came out from um, in Jamaica, and you know, me originally I was born in 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 Westmoreland, so I understand how things work, right? But the article when I was reading it, it was talking about all the men's side of the sprinters, right? Not performing yeah. well, they underachieve, Jamaica's time is gone. And to me, whenever I see stuff like that, you see it's easy for people to judge something that they may not have the necessary experience and what it takes to get there. Nobody yeah. goes to a championship and want to do bad and <clears throat> want to not perform well, right? And all the stuff that you had to go through, I didn't, I didn't feel like you... And the rest of the team had a fair opportunity because the team was very young, right? Yeah. And you were saying you, you, all these things leading up to it, um, you weren't necessarily fit in time to ready to run. But Julian, I build that base to ask this question because after you got back, right? 
there was an article that I read in a point where you said in your post, post that you know you wanted to quit. You thought about quitting, yeah. right? How did you get there, right? What was what was that mental toss and turn that you were facing when you were getting home? Because man, I think uh, I think when a person gets to that level, it's not the fact that you can't do it anymore, but you start to question: Is it really worth it anymore? How did yeah. you how did you get there, Julian? All right, so. After the, the four by one is when everything really set in, like right. Um, the Olympics were done. Like there's nothing I can do, right? There's nothing in the world that I can possibly do right now to salvage anything from this Olympic um moment. Mm-hmm. Right. I was extremely disappointed. Um and it's it's especially hard when I remember I was, I was heading back on the bus after the four by ones and Italian, some Italians were in like the seat right behind me, right? And they were celebrating. They just won the four by one. So they were celebrating and they had a good championship as well. Yeah. You know, so they were celebrating and playing music and, you know, um, and I was right in front of them, like extremely disappointed. And it got yeah. to the point where, you know, I put my, I put my headphones in. And I turned my music up to like the highest volume. And you can still, and I hear, could them. still hear them. I can still hear them. And I'm like, yo, Jano. And then that's where that's when the, the emotions really set in. And I um I, I wasn't able to hold back by like, the tears. So I was um I cried all the way back to the village. Um got back to my room. I was just lying on the floor when I got back to my room. Um and you know, there's so many thoughts that were, you know, going through my head. Of course. Um, you know, it's sort of like, why is this always, like, why is this always the case with me? Um, you know, I, like, search some some questions that I just can't find answers to, right? Is this really for me? Um, to, you know, so you, you start to question yourself, you start to question your abilities, your doubts, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't like to, to, um, you know, say that I don't like to admit it, but um, in in tough times you have you have doubts, of course, right? And it happens it happens to the best of us, right? So I, I had doubts, and it's almost like if I put all this work in, and mm-hmm. this is the result, why why should I bother? You know, this is not what I'm this is not what I'm aiming to achieve, right? So. If if putting all if putting in all this work, this is what I get. I mean, why should I even continue? Like, is it worth it? Like, yeah. I mean, you know. But um, yeah. So I had a lot of um, you know, I had some people in my corner that's you know always sending me positive messages and motivation and kind of put things into perspective for me. I remember my cousin, you know, sent me the statistic of the amount of people who make it to the Olympics versus, uh, you know, the world's population. And um, it was some ridiculously small <laughs> percentage. Um, and when I put that into perspective, you, you know, um, I look at it and I say, oh, that's, you know, it's an accomplishment in and of itself, right? And um, I realized that me, you know, doing what I do and, coming out and being expressive um, 
in you know in my even in my disappointment that motivates a lot of people and mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of shows people that even um you know people who compete with the best in the world are are human and they basically go through the same kind of things that you know everybody else goes through um so a uh, lot of people really connected to, connected with that when i made my post um and i got a lot of people you know telling me you know not to give up i've never seen myself as somebody to give up but because i was overwhelmed with that kind of um negative emotion it was kind of you know that was just one of the thoughts that crossed my mind and um uh but i'm in a way better place now and i'm just excited to try to put all of this behind me going into next season you know when you step away from the sport julian you'll you'll um i stepped away in 2017 so my perspective is a little bit different now because i've been out of it but it's one of those situations where when you have time to sit back and reflect when you're you know 50 years old on the veranda holding a, holding the measures chilling relaxing you'll understand that whoa what i've been able to do and even to get there is an accomplishment in itself however when you're a type a person who you know you know what you're capable of and what you can achieve when you don't reach the mountain it's discouraging it's disappointing right because but when you think about it, the average person you know they're not willing to do and risk and sacrifice what you do in order to get there how many people you ever hear people say uh January 1st new year new me i'm going to get i'm going to get into the gym i'm going to get in shape right and they may do it yeah. for a week they may do it for two weeks they may be ambitious and do it for two months but then once that two months come and they may not see the result that they expected right away they're going to stop right and in track and field when you're at that elite level everybody is good right everybody wants to be great everybody wants what you have So, you know, I'm I'm glad that you were able to reflect and get to see like okay, even though I was in that moment, that's not where I am right now, but a lot of people don't talk about that mental side of track, especially as men, right? Men we're always supposed to be strong, we got to press towards the mark. Um but it's also okay to not be okay sometimes and it's also okay to say, yo, I'm feeling the pressure. Yo, <laughs> I need some I need some words. And I think the relatability to that transparency of your message that is what spoke volume because they never see Julian from that side you know what i'm saying yeah. you know so um that 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 was something that uh that i got to see um that people were reacting to man you know inspiration comes in many different forms and you don't have to reach the top of the mountain to be an inspiration um let me ask you this man because sunday october 10th was national mental health day um you said you're in a good space right now um excited going into the season but what do you have to do for yourself Julian to stay there right because a lot of times we'll say that we're there and we're there for a month two months three months but what are some things that you have to do for yourself or realize now that helps you stay balanced uh every single day well first of all um i think i think you need to accept certain things um for yourself so in terms of you know you, you don't have to always be the strongest person in the world you don't have to bear all the burdens um and there are people around you that are willing to help and who can provide help so it's important that you um have you know the right kind of people around you and in your corner and um 
also um i think in a strange way um but probably not so strange i think it was like my olympic experience was supposed to happen like that because Mm -hmm. i've never felt the kind of motivation that i have now i've never felt it like this before right um I maybe close to in close to in like my junior years when I was just stepping from you know world juniors to the pro um level. Maybe at that point I was extremely motivated um going into training, but nowhere close to as motivated as I am now. You know, back then obviously I had youth on my side and it was easier for me to um do certain things. You can get away with um and it's crazy as I say youth on my side because I'm only 28. Exactly. But um people don't really understand, you know, putting your body, you know, through the stress over the years that track does. It's not um it's not easy to you know maintain a certain level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um it's easy it's it's way easier when you're when you're like 19 to like I'd say 24, 25. Um so it's way easier at that, at that point. But um, yeah, I think I think it happened that way to give me a different kind of the motivation that I need. Um, I've also um, been getting closer to God. Um, mm-hmm. You know, trying my best to to um, to uh, you know seek a better understanding. Um, so I think it was kind of supposed to happen like that. Um, but uh, you know, your failures don't define you. It's how you you know how you bounce back from it. Julian, let's go back a bit to St. Andrew, Jamaica, the place of your birth, man. What do you remember most about growing up there? Right. And I want to ask a side question to that, too. Um, my grandmother, you know, in Jamaica, she used to always say things that didn't really make sense to me at that time. Right? <laughs> she used to say cliche things where like, yo, you know, hard work will pay off, just not when you want it to. Stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, yo, grandma, what are you talking about? That doesn't make no sense to me. I'm a five year old kid trying to understand this stuff. What were some things that maybe your parents or the community or someone said to you back then? that as you got older, you start to say, Hollande, it's kind of true, you know? Yeah. Um, um, so there's a Jamaican saying that say, um, yeah, um, like you would just say, this is me paraphrasing. Um, if, like you would just say, if fish come from river bottom and tell you, say, <laughs> um, whatever. Right, don't they believe them? Mm-hmm. So and that basically, that basically means like if somebody who has been there and done something tells you Take something their from their their experience, you know, heed their advice. Um, so so that's something that I've definitely you know seen kind of play out in my life in different ways. Um, but it it you know it. It really that's that's a, that's the one of them that I can really say you know I, I really kind of connect with it. Most people don't know when you started track, you wasn't a sprinter, you was a jumper. You know, you used mm-hmm. to do the long jump and get your jump on. But how did you get involved in the sport? I know a lot of times, you know, um, when I got to Canada and I started running, people used to say, "Oh, track and field is all you do in Jamaica." Right, but a lot of people mm. in Jamaica and a lot of people don't do track and field. They don't get involved in yeah. it. But how did you get involved in track and field? And when you got involved in it, Julian, sometimes you touch something and you think to yourself, whoa, this can be something. Right. Did you have that feeling when you started the sport? 
and that when I started. So I used to play football, um, and football is like my first love. That's mm-hmm. like all day just football. When I get home, I have my football, play football, like just all day, just football. Um, then I went to I, I I wasn't as good at at track as I was at football in like prep school. So like when I was like eleven. I was mostly focused on football. Yeah. Um, went to high school, was playing, was playing ball. Um, I wasn't really interested in track at the time. And I, de- I definitely wasn't interested in the type of training that they had to do. Um, <laughs> Everybody's punishment and, is running, dog. I'm like, yo, it made no sense. And- yeah. And, and, and then I, I, you know, one day I used to get picked up, you know, late from school. So one day, after the football season, I was there, I was just sitting watching track training. And my friend was like, yo, why you don't, I know you used to do track in prep school, you used to do long jump and stuff. So why you don't just come train and see how it works out? And I was like, yo, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and um, the coach actually, he went to the coach and he told the coach and the coach, you know, spoke to my parents and he's like, yo, just come. If you're not working out, they're not working out, and then you don't have to worry with it. But you're not doing anything right now. You're here late all the time, watching training. So might as well just train. So I was like, "Yo, all right." Um, interestingly enough, that was like two months before boys and girls jumps, and I won the long jump that year. Mm. Um, so I just went into training. Obviously, it's a lot different when you're a, a, a schoolboy. Um, the type of training that you need is not nearly as you know, isn't not nearly as significant or you know, as important as when you're a pro. But um, I won that year and I was like, yo, maybe I'm good at this now. Um, and I won the long jump and I ran on the, the four by one relay team and I think we came third that year. And everybody was extremely impressed because they were like, yo, you, don't, you, you didn't even train for two months. And I was like, yo, yeah, maybe I'm just good. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's when I kind of, you know, I took a liking to winning mm. um so well i took i always had a liking for winning but we weren't winning um when i was playing football we got to got to like semi-finals i think at most when i was on the team uh and we got to the finals but we didn't win so you know you know stuff like that but I, and, I, and then the coach demanded that you know i come back the next year so from that time i was doing track and field up until like the year when Woolmers won champs. And um, that year, the year when we won champs, coach was like, yo, no football. No, you have to just train, just tr- track, just track. And I was kind of upset because I was like, yo, I want to play ball. I've been playing ball. But he's like, yo, you have, to, you have to give us one full year of training and see what you can do. And that year, I won the 100 and the 200. And we came second in the um four by four and I ran on the four by four team as well and we won champs that year and then I was looking at it and I was like all right I'm 17 um when I look at the football kind of development of football players from Jamaica unless you unless I was already in Europe somewhere um probably football is not going to work out for me in Jamaica mm-hmm. even though I was good you know I wasn't in any kind of program that would get me anywhere. It would be, I'd be hard pressed to, you know, get into a, into a European club. 
because you know Europe is where where ball play. I mean MLS is, and MLS wasn't even as big as it is now back then. Yeah. So um, I was like, all right. And at that time, you know, we had Bolt, because that was 2010. So Bolt, you know, just recently won the Olympics, brought the world record. There's Asafa, there's Shelly, and you know, there. This was the the um, Jamaica's heyday, and the, the you know. Um, the coming to the party for Jamaica in in track and field, um, the like the real coming to the party. You know, before we had extremely talented people, but you know, we never had success like what we had in two thousand eight and nine, um, and even twelve. So I was like, all right, let's give this track and field thing a shot. Um, ended up being extremely good, um, being the the fastest junior in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, sprinting and the second fastest junior in the world um, in 2012 uh, when I when I left high school I was still a junior but um, ended up being the fastest junior um, the second fastest junior in the world unfortunately when I went to world juniors in the finals I, I tore my hamstring but um, it kind of put you know it kind of just it, it kind of just cemented my um interest in track and field uh, at that point so you know that's where that's kind of where it you know started for those listening you know champs is arguably the most exciting high school event across the globe right it's 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 i wouldn't be surprised if it's the most watched track and field high school event period um julian i read something where in your last year obviously you said you know you were one um, with the times you ran, you ran 10, 19, and 20.38. But Julian, I'm sure you had a lot of schools coming after you, man. Maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't. But those times, I know you have a bunch of American schools recruiting you to say, look, I, <laughs> look, you can come down here, we'll give you a scholarship, we can do this. But you made a decision to stay home. Julian, why did you stay home, right? And 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 what were some of the things that led you to stay home and made you think that you could do well staying in Jamaica? Well, that, that was an easy decision for me. Um, when I looked at the success that we had um, at the Olympics, most of the sprinters and the talent was homegrown talent. Um, so when I looked at that, it was an easy decision for me to make. Um, I, it, yeah, it was just so simple. Um, colleges came, colleges, you know, I was looking at colleges I didn't even end up. I didn't even end up doing any like, visits to any of the schools because, like, my mind was already made up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, "Yo, I'll, I'll go to um, a school in Jamaica. I'll go to UTEC. I'll go to MVP and train, and um, like, I'll see how fast I can be- become successful." You know, it was um, sometimes you get to a position where you're doing well in what you're doing but you're looking around you and not much has changed, right? Like you're seeing your success in certain areas, but maybe the money isn't coming in or certain things isn't coming in. And you, we have a hard time waiting for our time to come. Was there ever a time, Julian, that you were maybe laying down in bed, right? And you just had these dreams of things that what could be and what can happen in your life, but you wake up and maybe your situation may not be ideal. Did you have any moments and times like that? And at this stage in your life, 
what was what were your what were you dreaming about what were your thoughts about what what was going through your head at that time did you see obviously you saw the bolt in the success and the soft and all these different things but that's their story this is yours and this is where you were at right did any of that cross your mind impatience any any of that stuff cross your mind i'm not not really i think i was impatient um in how you know fast i wanted to do well but um i think you know as a youth you can like kind of chuck that up to youthful exuberance but um no nah, i don't think I, I don't think any of that really bothered me I, I was just always trying to you know figure out like how do i get this right you know how what do i need to do to get to the point where i need to, where, where i want to be at and um and as you said, this is my story, so I kind of accept all the, the the bumps in the road that comes along with it. As you know, this is just my path. You just said bumps in the road, and I think that's something that we can all relate to: the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows, life in general. Uh, Julian, if there's someone listening to this, right, and maybe they're going through a tough time, you know, maybe they're dealing with kind of that same mental process that you had post Olympics thinking about, man, it's, it's tough. I'm a, you know, this, I'm just going to do something else. Maybe this isn't for me dealing with the pandemic, trying to get the energy and the momentum and the excitement to get back up. And maybe you lost a business during the pandemic and you're trying to gauge it, whatever the case may be, Julian, what are some things that you would say to that person who may need that word of encouragement? What would you say to them? Um, I think, first of all, um, so sometimes it's it's good to put things to to look at things in the most objective way possible and um see if something is or isn't for you it can be a situation where you 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 keep doing the same thing and it's really not for you and you could you would be better served like way better served doing something else um it, it that's hard to put you know into perspective to try to see if that is the case because we're all like hardwired to think, you know, just, just work hard and it will work. Just work hard and it will work. But it, it, it's not like that for anything that you do. Some people are way better at other things. Um, you know, some people are way better at track than there are football. Some people are way better at football, you know. So you might be putting the hard work in the wrong. You might be putting the hard work in the wrong area. Mm. So you might have to assess that. But um, also, the, the, the thing with dealing with disappointments is, you know, everybody deals with it. At the, in the moment, you're going to kind of want to look at it and say, why do I have to go through this? But the truth is, everybody goes through disappointment in some way. Um, but it, all feels, it always feels like this kind of disappointment only happens to you that's just mm -hmm. how it feels mm -hmm. as humans that's that's how we are programmed to feel yeah. right um so but the important thing is we also feel like it's strange it's almost like we want to stay in that disappointment so we don't have to deal with being you know kind of expecting good and fall back into that place so we kind of rather just stay in that place mm -hmm. and not have to deal with, you know, the hope aspect of it um, because that's what kind of, you know, kind of makes it feel so much worse. But um, it's important to not stay down too long and also not stay high too long because um, 
it's it's important to find the balance and the middle ground in 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 how you live your life because um no extreme is good um you need to find a balance and it's okay to have ups it's okay to have downs you just need to not stay there in either situation too long they're, def- they're definitely they're definitely going to come no person is going to have things go well all of the time if you do you're a robot and you tell me your system and what you got going on right but at the end of the day you know it's it's very important to know that it's not what happens to you it's what you choose to do next I don't ever mean to feel to make anyone feel insensitive when I say that, because there's been some things as that you didn't ask for that happened to you, but it did, but you get to choose what you do next. And I think that's the most important thing. I know for me, it's been trying to respond to life and not just react to it. But uh, Julian, last five questions, man. Fun five shouldn't be too taxing. should be hopefully easy enough. (laughs) Question one, if you were trapped on a deserted island for a week and you could only bring three things, what are three things you're bringing? My phone, for sure. um, I'm assuming this island has Wi-Fi. I don't know how deserted it is. But if it has Wi-Fi, definitely my phone. Um, My probably my airpods or some kind of speakers to play music um and my computer question two in the past five years julian what has been one lesson that you learned so far throughout that time in the past what five years my past five years um it's the experiences um wasted on the young i'm i'm it, is it? I don't remember what the saying is, but um, certain certain like experiences that I've gained um, over the past, you know, five years, I'm very thankful for it. Even though it's not, um, it's probably not all of them aren't, aren't positive experiences, but they've definitely taught me a lot. And you don't really learn a lot from like your good experiences. You kind of mm-hmm. just take them for what they are and you move on. Um, but when you have bad experience, you you put it into perspective and try to figure out stuff and you end up, you end up learning, you know, things from that. So um, I don't know if I could put my finger on like any one specific thing, but um, it's just experience that I'm thankful for over the last five years. You have to erase one of these from the face of history. Aki and Selfish, curry chicken and rice and peas, or stew chicken and rice and peas, which one? Stew chicken, easy, stew chicken. <laughs> easy easy question easy that's easy question four um you know (laughs) i feel like you're a man who is always thinking of um life right what is the purpose of life things of that nature if you could sit down julian and have five uninterrupted hours with five people who would that five people be Oh, so it's a good question. Um, I think one person is definitely um, LeBron James. Um, I feel like it's very interesting how he thinks, you know, especially coming from where he's come from Mm -hmm. um, to be what he is today. Um, So LeBron is definitely one. I'd like to talk to like somebody with certain kind of um, experience, like, the president of the United States, like I'd love to sit down and talk to like a Barack Obama mm. for um for like five hours, kind of pick their brain. Um, 
interestingly enough, I want to say I would want to talk to somebody who has been seen as like, you know, not the most desirable person. Because I like to get to like understand like how they think, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know who that who that would be. But I know that I'd want to talk to somebody that, you know, society on a whole, you know, deems as a bad person. Yeah. Um, could be like a Pablo Escobar or somebody that like would that, be that would be interesting. That'd be an interesting. Yeah. So so um that would be interesting. Um I'd like to talk to a woman like a woman that has gone through some kind of adversity to make it to to where they are now, probably like a Oprah. Mm. Um Oprah Winfrey. Um and fifth is probably somebody from back in the day, like somebody that was around in like the eighteen hundreds. Or probably like somebody like Julius Caesar, like even further back, like Julius Caesar, like Epictetus, yeah. or like one of those kind of people, um, to kind of see what things were like back in that day, and like how you know they, you know, their the, the thought process and all that. Now, one of the guys that I would love to sit down with is uh, is Macalevy or Michelevy. Um, just mm-hmm. to see how he operated and Genghis Khan, how they ran and got people to come on board. You know, just yeah. that whole process of it. Last question, Julian. Um, you know, with everything that you've been through, man, everything from a youth to coming up, everything that you had to experience, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, the exciting times, the sad times, the high times, the disappointing times. If If, if there was one word to describe you, what would that one word be? And give me a few sentences behind why that word. That's 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 that's, that's a hard question. It's a good one. Um, <laughs> I would probably say, I'd probably say balanced mm. because I try, I always try, no matter what I'm doing, to to find the the balance, right? Um, as I say to you, you know, you can't be, stay high too long, you can't stay low too long. And um, I feel like you live your best life and get the, you know, have the most um, enjoyment out of life when you live it that way. And um, I understand that everybody, you know, has, you know, their things that they're going through and you should always be aware of stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not. It's easier said than done to like handle certain things, especially when you're going through, you know, tough times. But um, it's always it's always good to like find a balance. You know, don't don't overreact to things. Um, make sure you 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 know measure kind of what you're saying and how you react to certain kind of things, and just you know find a balance. Julian, thank you for your time, man. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to come on. You know, I wanted to have you on um, just so people could see that different perspective of you and to be able to add more uh, to what people just see on the track and field. Um, But where can people keep in touch with you and keep in contact with you, man? And before we go, um, I got to say to you, 
what you're doing on the media side with your videos and stuff, man, that's truly remarkable, bro. And, and whenever track and field is done, I don't know what avenue that's going to bring to you, but what it's going to be, man, you have a gift with that. And I hope that's something that um, people tell you enough because sometimes you don't know what you're good at until somebody does tell you, right? So what you're doing, man, great content. I, I you know, before, you know, I reached out, um, I didn't know that you made videos. So I was on YouTube and I was just watching like seven back to back. I said, yo, the video cam quality is, is wicked right now. <laughs> right? So for me to you, man, whatever is next, I know track, you still got a lot of time and you're gonna continue to be successful at it. You know, nine, eight, nine, seven is just down the road because you're close to it. Um, but just know, man, you are way more than an athlete. And when that next chapter comes, you already have an avenue that God is lining up for you. So that's a long winded answer to say, everybody, make sure you go and check out Julian's YouTube page after he plugs out where you can best keep in contact. With him. I appreciate that. Um, I put a lot of work and a lot of effort into my YouTube channel. And I've been, um, I'm self-taught, well, YouTube taught, um, you know, YouTube is basically a university right now. Yeah. Um, and so I've, I've, you know, taught myself everything. And um, I've been working extremely hard at it. And it's something I'm passionate about. Um, so I really, you know, appreciate the fact that people, you know, kind of tune into it and really, like, you know, vibe with it. So, um, you know, thanks for that. Um, but where people can keep in touch with me is um, my Instagram I'm on Instagram more than any other platform, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so my Instagram is at Julian Fort. Um, just one word at Julian Fort. Uh, you can keep in touch with me there. Um, I would I will be posting videos on YouTube. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Julian underscore Fort. Somebody stole Julian Fort and I don't even use it. Um, but um, you know. And I'm on TikTok at Julian underscore Ford as well. So yeah, those are my handles. Julian, much love again, man. Appreciate the time, bro. And uh, stay healthy. We'll be in touch soon, man. I appreciate it, bro. Thanks. Yeah.